This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined, as always, with Jim Sebastio. We're going to get going here in just a minute before we do that. Uh, you can go to iTunes and leave us a review uh, or all kinds, any other places that you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. We check those. Jim was reading them to me as we speak the other day and getting just comment and getting some feedback on it. So we appreciate your encouragement that you send. Any tips you want to give us, we certainly would listen and welcome those as well. Uh, but also, you can go to practicalsharing.com and access all of our resources. You can reach out to us. You can suggest podcast episodes, whatever you would like to do. Let us know how we can we can serve you in the future. Uh, we would like to to talk about a, a topic that we believe is, is important and is something that I would say most pastors, Jim, if not all, to some degree, are faced. And that's, how do you care for older members in the congregation. Now, in, in my world of, of a lot of church revitalization and established churches, it's almost a given that you're going to be caring, trying to care for older members. And in many cases, for a young pastor, he's trying to care for somebody that, that is not just old enough to be their parent, but like grandparent. Mm. But then you like planted a church, and so even though you probably had some older members that came apart, yeah. maybe not... But people who plant a church a lot of times will will not have a lot of older members. A lot of times that's a younger generation that is often planting right. a church. So there are exceptions to this rule. But overall, with most churches in the world being established churches, and many times churches that have been around a long time, there's going to be older members. Uh, people who have been there maybe members for many, many years, like decades upon decades. Right. And so... Those the generational gap, the different ways of thinking, all those kinds of things mm. can make it a challenge to know mm. how do you care. For, it's not assumed, and I think this is true now more than ever, that somebody who's in their teens, somebody who's in their twenties, a young young folks becoming young adults, have, in many cases have not been around older folks much at all. In Correct. Some, some whether it's in their family or even in a church or whatever. And I've actually met younger pastors who come to us asking for help, and one of their questions is, "Like, I've never been around old people. I don't know how to. I don't know how to care for you know. Yeah. I don't even know how to relate to them, kind of thing." And in many cases, they get into the church, and it almost they almost feel lost because they really don't know how to go about this. So we want to talk about this. This would be a good conversation to have. Yeah, I agree. I also want to say this is a conversation, Jim, that that I think it. I, I want us to have simply because you and I both have had the privilege to care for some wonderful elderly saints, older saints. Mm. And it, as I reflect back, the irony is some of them were some of my biggest headaches in the early years. Mm. And they became some of the dearest people in my yeah. in my whole life. And so this is there's there's a redemptive side to learning how to care for old folks, understanding them that they're not they're not the burden that a lot of people want to to portray, but actually they can be one of the biggest blessings in the church. But you do have to know how to understand and relate to them. From a biblical standpoint, Jim, how could we understand this conversation? Where do we start? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to say more generally, and then give give very specific pastorally here with this and and uh, ecclesiastical as far as church goes. So I, I think you have the the scriptures teach us the blessings of of old age that teaches uh, for as you get older yourself that there is a, there is a blessing. Uh, to growing old and to being grandparents, uh, which of course I, I now am. So I, I went from church planter in my mid twenties now to being uh, in my sixties and a grandpa. So um, 
the reality that old people are to be treasured, that they are a fount, uh, can be and ought to be considered a fount of wisdom, that they have experience of life, that they have something to give, I think is something that really our generation, younger generation needs to hear. Mm-hmm. So that's a general, some general truths. But then you have, I think, several texts come to mind in regard to in the New Testament. So one of them is Titus chapter 2 where it becomes evident that the pastor is going to interact with older members to help the older members to, to encourage younger members. So what I mean, that's, so that's Titus 2. Yep. Uh, and I think that's interesting. Uh, I don't want to get into all of that, but it's obviously it is exhorting and encouraging older women, older men to be a certain thing themselves, but also to invest in a, in a younger generation. Specifically to invest in and the younger, And that some yep. of those kinds of things that are very often that, you know, a preacher is going to preach on, particularly in certain circles, you know, the uh, the addressing of younger women are to be this way is actually the purview of older women instructing younger women in that that's way. That's right, yeah. So it's a very different dynamic. So that so there is an interaction. There's It's obvious that in a healthy church there are older and younger that ought to be the case. You mentioned, Brian, I think one of the curses of, of many church planting movements and some church revitalization movements, it, it is a get get the old people out, bring in the There's young There's only blood. one generation yeah, in the church. So, yeah. yeah, and so I used to... You know, talk about you know uh, using Cormac McCarthy died the other McCarthy died the other day. You know, uh, no no churches for old men. You know, no he wrote a book called No Country for Old Men, huh. and I thought there's sometimes there's no churches for old men. They don't. Yeah. There's nothing for them to sing. There's no way for them to participate. There's nothing that makes them feel at home. Nothing that makes them feel like any of this has to do with them. Yeah. So that's something we need to talk about. But so it, I think it assumes that there is an older younger dynamic. Uh, Paul's writing to Timothy in First Timothy chapter uh, in chapter four, where he exhorts him to be an example to older older people. Let no one despise your youth, and so that obviously speaks of some of the potential trouble and dynamic of a younger person ministering to the older. Yep, and yep. then in chapter five, he specifically talked to about how to interact with older men and how to interact with older and younger women. So mm-hmm. do not rebuke an older man. But exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity, honor widows. And so there is obviously, hey, if you're going to be a pastor and you're going to be in a healthy church environment where there are older and younger people, you need to understand that they may have some problems relating to you and how you're to deal with that yep. by how you live your life. Yep. And also understand that you need some instruction on how to honor them and how to deal with them. So mm-hmm. I think the scriptures do address this rather directly. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and and I, you know, I I'm known as a, as a guy that just kind of waves the banner of the the, the need for the multi generational church. And yeah. I think that that's one of the big problems in the church right now is churches design themselves to appeal to one generation, whether it's a trendy church plant, mm-hmm. you know, an edgy church plant that's just want young folk young folks in, or a older established church that you know, I, I'll often say this, that as I work with older churches with older members and younger churches that are kind of church, newer church plants, they, they both agree on something. They believe the hindrance to the ministry they want to accomplish is the other one. Yeah. And, and, I, and that's what I want to push against. And I think right. the New Testament, Titus is, is exhibit A. I agree. With yep. that there is, there is an assumption. When Paul writes to Titus to stab, to... Finish what remains to establish in these churches in Crete. He's writing to, to 
he's assuming that there's old and young and men and women in each of these churches. He's not. He doesn't give a caveat in chapter two where he says if there are older women. Right. And have them do this. If there are younger men, do, have, he's assuming they're all there, and they all have an essential role to play. But one of the challenges, obviously, one when they're absent, but the other challenge with this with multi generational church ministry is that they they don't know their role, or they, they don't they don't want to get along and see the benefit, you know, of the other. And so, but specifically for this conversation, we're talking about the the older members of that yes. aspect. And so how do pastors go and, and care for them? Here's one scenario, though, that is really common. See what your your thoughts are on this. I get this a lot with pastors trying, one, trying to just figure out how to care for old people. They've maybe never been around old people right. or not know how to relate to them. Didn't have grandparents. You know, just yeah. simple oh, they, ways. Grandparents weren't around much, Simple right? ways. A lot of people just learn how to, yep. how to care for an older member. Uh, but in a lot of cases, a pastor comes into an established church. He's finding older members... Who are supposed to be the most spiritually mature, mm. but they're actually not. I, right. I, and and so I've watched, at least in a lot of revitalization contexts, a pastor, a young pastor comes in, it's all older members. The church maybe starts to grow and with younger members, and the younger members are maybe theologically at least more uh, astute right. and maybe even more spiritually mature. But and then you have the older members who who aren't, but have lived more life, have more life experience. But Titus 2 almost kind of gets turned on its head in a way in that's ways, confusing yeah. and hard. So, you know, what what are your thoughts? On, like, what would you advise a pastor to do who's in that situation, trying to figure out not just how to love older members, but how do you love them seeing that they probably is a spiritual immaturity that has existed with them for a long time? Yeah, right. And again, this some of this gets back to the fact that you know, there is a resurgence of expository preaching that was not it there. Didn't exist, what right? didn't exist as much in the 50s and 60s That's right. and, and 70s. And so those raised and who, who came to maturity most likely did so in shallow churches, John 3.16, uh, altar call, uh, decisionistic, that sort of a thing. Uh, and so, you know, you have a younger generation who's more, the- as you said, more theologically minded. I think the dynamics, Brian, uh, are, are, are the same in this regard. Because even in, even in the Titus 2, part of, part of the wisdom imparted is that practical. How to love your husband, how to love your children. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, how to run a home, how to, um, how to be sober-minded, how to, how to, self-control uh, yeah, how to be self-controlled, and, yeah. and those sorts of things that you don't necessarily need you know, real you know, great theological depth necessarily in order to attain it. it some of it just comes through, through living. And so I think what the two things I would say, Brian, in, in regard to this is you're going to try to you're going to try to b- build a relationship with them. Again, you may realize, okay, they are not. I'm not going to have the immediate camaraderie, but the but I do think what Paul emphasizes in First Timothy chapter four uh, is how you are as a younger man to live in such a way that it opens doors uh, with older people. So he Mm -hmm. says, let no one despise your youth, but being an example to the believers, I think in the context, older believers, in conduct, in love, uh, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And and so that you watch the way that you live. I mean, live in such a way 
so let me back up. What are older people? What are what's what is the concern of every older generation for the younger generation? You know, kids these days. You know, <laughs> they got no respect. You know, they they they've got no they have no work ethic. You know, whatever it is, everybody's worried. Every older generation has been worried about a rising generation, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. this is and it's a common complaint that older people have toward younger people. Right, right. So it's, I think this has been going on for obviously at least two thousand years, and it's not just an American thing. This is this is a concern that's carried over mm-hmm. paul says look there is a way to win people by the way that you live and if you will show yourself to be uh by how you you conduct yourself how you love other people uh how you uh serve and, and love the lord and and how you walk in integrity that you're going to build a bridge that, that let them come and see how you live see how you labor and you will win their admiration which mm-hmm. will allow you then uh, to begin this this tethering process yeah. uh, of tethering your heart to them. That's good. Let's go back and let's stay on this track that you started and even just go back and forth on a few other practical ways that if you're a young pastor trying to figure out how to just love and connect with and get to know the older members of the church that almost feel like a a, a foreign figure to you to try right. to understand. Uh, let's let's think on some practical levels. I'll throw one out. I I, I found that and now, you know, and let me add this too. I, I not only was a young man, young pastor trying to care for, when I say, I'm talking like 29 years old and having 70 to 80s and 90 year right. olds in my church. And I found that, uh, and so they're, they've seen this song. Like I was, you know, the, for 30 years, pastors came and went every two to three, four years. So they also had seen this before mm-hmm. and became very cynical towards the pastor. Mm-hmm. So I'm not starting at ground zero. I'm below it. And what I found is 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 to to go on their turf, on their territory, to get to know them. It obviously there's no shortcut. You have to just pursue to get to know them. But I found it wasn't like have them come to your church office. It's go to their home. Right. You know, go see where they live. Go hear their story. You know, a lot of these older members, I mean on the community you're in a lot of these older members have lived in their home for a long, long time. Some of them even built their home and lived in it for their entire life. And yeah. There's stories there, and you get to hear about how all those kinds of things. Like, go on their territory, and hear, learn about them on their uh, on their property at their home where they're comfortable. Yeah, and that's great. It shows an aspect of pursuit, and I would say that until I started doing that, I was kind of running up against the wall of just trying to get to know these people, and and I found that one by one, as I went to their home and got to see where they lived, they. They get to show you their hobbies, whether it's woodworking or it's working in their garden, and they get to show you all those things. Just go and learn and listen, I would say, is the general formula on how to learn learn about older folks. And then as you get to know them, you will then figure out maybe how to what what in particular way you can love them well. Mm. So what's maybe some another tip that you found in trying to care for older people that you could share? So here's what I so I want to put it phrase it this way, I think. Be conscious, but not overly self-conscious of your age. That's and, good. And, and yeah. what I mean by that, be conscious that that you are significantly younger, and be and be conscious that there is a generation gap, and be conscious that they don't care that you have a PhD at thirty, <laughs> and you know that your doctor so and so, and that you know Greek and that, or whatever and that it you is. You know yeah, Greek they don't and care. Hebrew, and they don't that care. you won the 
Preacher Boy Award or whatever, <laughs> um, that it's not auto- – don't demand a respectful hearing simply by dint of your office. Understand that some of this is going to have to be earned and that it's not necessarily a horrible bad – well, they don't respect me because I'm young. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. is that wrong is that wrong yeah, it's that like they you know, don't respect yeah, you because they, you're young they, what what they think <laughs> is that you're you're a dumb kid and you probably you know you 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 think you know everything and you know just wait so understand that they are going to be conscious of your youth so what i'm saying is but don't be so self-conscious of it that you are hindered from really trying to be a pastor that's good and that is like well i've got well, i have to, i have to wait 10 years before i can or put a scar on my face if I look like a kid or grow a beard or something like that. Uh, you know, I have to do something, you know, to earn the, you know, yes, you, you will earn it simply by dint of a, a good life, a loving life. And by teaching and preaching the word, if, if they may be immature, but if they love the Lord, they're going to love hearing about the Lord. They're going to love, you know, and if you preach with simplicity and grace, they're going to love they're going to they're going to begin to grow they're going to begin to grow mm-hmm. and they're going to begin to love you as you as you love them so i said be conscious of it that is to say don't go in thinking like well i i preach so well i'm such a good guy everybody will automatically look to me as a leader even if you know uh, they were you know grandparents before i was born you know yeah. kind of a thing just yep. recognize that there's such a that this is a reality but don't be so self-conscious that it prevents you from really loving them drawing near to them and pastoring them i loved how you said that i think it's really helpful that be conscious of your age but not so self-conscious right. about it and i think it, that's a really good way to articulate the balance that that i think you just explained well uh so quick story uh to capture what we're talking about here so I was, you know, we moved to elders as a church, plurality of elders, uh, about uh, s- uh, six, seven years in. And so I spent years just teaching on it, talking about it, because we had obviously solo pastor, deacon, pseudo elders type type setup as a typical Southern Baptist church. So I was trying to just teach on this issue and spent years teaching on it. We didn't rush through that or anything, but I'll never forget. I went to like, I went to a 90 year old widow thinking I'd win her by taking her a Baptist history book to show her, <laughs> to show her historically Baptist churches had elders. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I thought this is our, Cause that's really what she was clip. lacking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mesmerize her by this. She's not going to know this, you know, it's 90 year old woman. That's fabulous. And I go and, and I show it to her and explain. I just want to say like, just look, this is, you know, this is why we're, we're talking about, did you know that even, you know, the Baptist churches had elders even before you were, you know, born kind of, kind of yeah. thing. And she looks at me after she hears my case. <laughs> and I think I'm just, you know, I think I've just, you know, I've just crushed this. Yeah. She looks at me and goes, she says, young man, I'm 90. Don't tell me about history. <laughs> and I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I just stopped and I left. I mean, just, you used to be a foot taller, weren't you, Brian? <laughs> that's yeah, right. So, so and, and really, I just she just put me in my place. And by the way, she needed to. Like, didn't matter though. It didn't matter how strong my case. Yeah. And I think that's the other part of this. I think so many guys think, hey, the 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 Bible says this. It's clear to everybody, right? Let's just so let's just do it. There, there's there's other things built into helping them understand. When you bring a brand new idea they never heard of before, and they've lived triple the amount of life you have, there's a so I, I want to stress 
I want to kind of see what you said, maybe in a little different way. You, you've got there's got to be a humility that yeah. you care for older members with, even though you may know Greek better than they do, you may know your Bible better than them, um, and that's a case a lot of times with a younger pastor maybe who's got theological training and all those kinds of things. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that you can just demand its instant respect from them. Right. The mistake so many young pastors make is they go into a church and think because I'm paid a salary and I've been given this title all of a sudden in a right. corner office that now you who's who's three times my age is going to to should just listen to everything I have to say. There is a humility a young pastor needs to go about caring for older members, mm. and I think to go and listen. And learn as a posture. I pastored a woman who lived to be 106 years old. She was an amazing lady. Her name was Tilly. And I spent a lot of time in her home with her. And I tell people, you know, she she never changed my view on the atonement right. in all of our conversations. She never changed my end times view. Right. You know, she never taught me Greek. Uh, but I learned as a young man, a young pastor, I learned a ton from her about about life and marriage and how to you know suffer, walking with Jesus through suffering I just you know I just learned so much from her and and I'm I'm thankful that I, I ended up with, was challenged and taught by a mentor like go in and, and there's things to learn from these right. older members that's excellent point. go in that's... with a posture to learn and listen exactly not thinking you're gonna go teach them something and I found exactly that as as they realized I respected them they began to respect me right and I think that's really the the, the formula around this so any other Practical tips around how yeah, to care for old folks. I, I think, Brian, the, this uh, you just said a lot of what I wanted to say. Okay, uh, and, and that is uh, again going in with the disposition of being able to be a learner. And one of the things that one of the problems when you get out of seminary, you get your head's full of stuff, and you're just ready to you're ready to just give it all out. And you've learned it all. You you know everything now. I guess there's. I, I, I'm amazed what I used to know, uh, <laughs> uh, and that I, I like, mm, okay, uh, uh, but that you have the ability here, not just like, I'm going to teach them this, I'm going to bring them this book or whatever else. Well, again, they have a book of knowledge and, and yeah. wisdom and experience uh, that you just, you just don't have. And some of it is going to be different. They, they may have opinions that you may find offensive that are just rooted in uh, a, a past that is just not not there anymore, and and whatnot, and and you know, you, and they're maybe convinced a certain thing is this is principle, when really it's just it's it's cultural, whatever the case might be. Yeah. But going with a sense of learning, and Brian, I really want to focus on this word in First Timothy chapter five and verse two: older women as mothers. Now he's going to talk about younger women as sisters. You know, so you know, younger men are brothers, older men are like fathers, and, and, and really, I want to deal with both of these: the older men as fathers, and and how you don't necessarily go and rebuke, but you exhort in, in this way. And so, what's what's the tension there? But but older women as mothers, and I think that there are at least two things are wrapped up in this, or three things. If you think about what's in, what's the ideal relationship between a son and his mother, you know, so. Uh, I was thinking about this a lot because my son got married this past weekend, yeah, right. and yeah. so the watching him with his mother—he's very he's close to me, but he's close to his mom—and this different thing, a boy and his mom, uh, not apron strings and all the rest, but of just a special relationship. And so that relationship is marked by several things. It's it's marked by respect. Mm. It's marked by 
intimate affection, by uh, uh, intimacy and affection, conversation. Yep. He doesn't ignore his mother. He talks to his mother. Mm-hmm. He's appropriately affectionate uh, toward his mother. And so if the idea here is, well, well, how do you honor your mother? Well, you spend time with your mother. You you talk to your mother. You tell your mother you love her. You, 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 know, you, you have an appropriate affection that belongs to her that doesn't belong to any other woman you know that's that's your that's your mom yeah yeah uh and this thing of sisters you know i think sometimes as well is sometimes put in such a way that um you you find yourself saying well i just don't want to be immoral you know with them but sisters actually has with it i think a degree of affection a degree of of care and, and love as well and so if an older woman is to be treated like a mother, treat her with respect, uh, treat her with interest, uh, treat her with uh, uh, that you communicate. It's, it's communication, it's encouragement, it's listening. Uh, that that something of that marks it should mark the relationship of a son with his mother. That's good. Last piece I want to turn, Jim, for this is the caring for older members in a way that. Is pretty common in the church, and that's older members a lot of times feel pretty useless in their old age. Yeah. So I'd like for us to take last minute, bit of last few minutes to talk about this, because here's the ramification of an older member who's physically frail. Now, many of these people were the people 30, 40, 50 years ago were running all the ministries. They, right. They kept exactly. the church open. Yep. They were it. They were the leaders, and now they can't do that anymore. Right. And many of them question what their role is, where their place is. Which, by the way, that's why Titus two is so helpful, right? To t- like older folks, even you know, have a important role all the way to the point they die, even if they can't physically do the work anymore. But I want to bring this up because oftentimes a young pastor will go, especially if he goes into a, a struggling church, dying church, and it's mostly all older folks, and they seem to just be really grumpy, like it's yeah. just kind of the classic curmudgeony older person. They don't want to do anything. They they're they're just massively pessimistic about the future. You know, they make life hard on the pastor because they don't, they complain and they don't, they nitpick at the things that he's doing. That's really common. But what I have learned is, and some of that is just older people just kind of get old and curmudgeon and grumpy. They don't feel well. And they don't feel well. But what I, the reason I want to bring this up is I want us to talk about uh, a lot of times that curmudgeon, you know, curmudgeon attitude, the grumpiness is a result of just simply not understanding their place now in the church. Yeah. And I, I want us to take a couple minutes to talk about that because I think that is really a young pastor understanding that about most older folks, it's probably true, can really help them be compassionate and more patient with them. Right. Realizing this is they're just not immature and grumpy. Maybe they're just really lost in their old age and they don't know how to function. They don't know what their purpose is. They don't know how to serve the Lord in this capacity. Yeah. So. Uh, any any thoughts around how, how a pastor can take that perspective and love those older members yeah. knowing that's probably the case? Well, I think that's excellent, Brian. I think it's one of the most crucial things that come out of this conversation is that older members feel a sense of they're just biding out their time till they die, uh, that yep. nobody cares what they have to say. And I guess sometimes, well, why do they think that? Because nobody asks them what they think. Right. And so for you to be, to again, build the kind of relationship where you say to them, if if something's happening in the church or some change may be coming, or um, you're going to hire new staff, or you're going to do a a project, you sit down with 
Al or Bill or whoever it is, Dorothy, and say to them, hey, well, you know, what, do you, what do you think? Have you been through any of this before? And, and what are your thoughts? And, That's and, good. and who would you, if you had to hire somebody, you had to put somebody in charge of this, you know, what, what would you, or, or would you be willing, you know, you know, you've had some contract experience or, you know, whatever, you've had some business experience I haven't had. Would you be, would you be willing to meet with me and the contractor? And we're going to talk about some building expansion. Love to have you be a part of it. Yeah, that's good. That you just communicate the things, and that shows them that you respect them. I think again, some of the barriers that come sometimes is the thought nobody cares what I think, and, and yeah. I'm not I'm not heard, I'm not appreciated, I'm not respected. Yeah, that's good. And that's just human, and that that's part of that's so well, that's sinful. You shouldn't have to feel that way. Well, maybe you know you can, you can make an argument. Yeah. But I think that when people feel that, and then so I think that. So that's something that you can do, and but I think also it is the matter of encouraging an older person, you know, to say, "What do you? So what are you doing with your time? You know, would you mind getting with, you know, so and so? Yeah, you know that yeah. we've got a. Uh, there's one of the. Uh, I'm I'm counseling a young couple about to get married. Would you mind? Would you and your wife mind meeting with them, taking them out to dinner yeah. or something like that? You've been yeah. married 55 years. Uh, so something that would that that looks to maybe be an opportunity to build a connection on both sides. So yeah. encourage the younger couple to say, why don't you talk to Dan and Sally? You know, they've been married for 50, 60 years. I mean, they'd be far better than any book you could read. Yeah. Uh, and just ask them, what do they learn? What, what's the most important things they've learned about relationships? Yeah, that's really good. I, I, I would say that there's there's a general principle here I want to throw out that um, again, there's exceptions to this rule, but I find largely older members in the church, it's not, they don't want their way. Now, I know that's what they say they want, mm-hmm. and I know that that's what they're fighting for, and I know that that's what pastors just think is going on. I don't like what you're doing. I want it my way. I don't want to change. That That's in play, certainly. But here's what yeah. I've learned, not just my own ministry, but working with so many other pastors yeah. with, who have older members. Older members don't want their way. They simply want to be respected, honored, and heard. Right. And that's really the desire, whether they even know that's the case or not. Uh, part of them wanting their way is, is their way to fight for that, I think. Mm. So I just realize, I think the deeper issue is they want to be respected, honored, and listened to. And so I'll illustrate, uh, I'll make this point by, by an illustration of something happened in our church. And, you know, obviously I inherited all older members. Younger folks started coming into the church th- for the first few years. And we hit a point, but it's part of one of the big conflicts that took place is just, Younger folks had come in. The older folks thought the younger folks were taking over, you know. So it's like they say they want it, but then the younger people come in, and the, there's a messiness that comes with it. And I was sensing the divide in the old and young generation, five, six years in, seven years in. And one of the things we decided to do when I learned the principle I just shared with you, I eventually figured out, okay, I think that's what's going on here. As I was talking to the older members, we had a lunch after church. And the lunch was totally designed to just honor the older members in mm. the church. So we did like a potluck lunch after church. If you were over the age, I think it was over 50 or 60 years old. If you were over 60, you couldn't bring food. You couldn't, you couldn't serve. You had to come and sit and eat. And everybody who was, everybody like 50 and under were going to be the ones to serve you. And they brought the food and they organized the whole thing. And that's what we took. So we made it this, the younger people serving the older folks and honoring them 
in this in this particular lunch. And we did that. And then after everybody ate, we sat around and then I led and facilitated a conversation with the older members to say, hey, those of you who have been here a long time, share maybe your one of your favorite stories about the history of the church. Hmm. Let the younger folks hear you share that story. And we got to let them share. And you could tell, you could just see it. They felt so honored hmm. to get to share these stories for the benefit of the younger who hadn't been there. Yeah. It, it accomplished so many different things. And so I share that story to say, I think what older members really want, especially long-term older members who have really kept that church going all these years, they want to just feel honored and respected and, and that their 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 life has mattered to be able to take this church to the next generation. So find a way to honor your older members by your younger members who are there. And after that happened, Jim, I mean, it was like the spirit really worked in that. And from that day on, it was a different day in the church between the old and young. And they begun to appreciate both one another. Mm-hmm. And they started to to grow close, and it changed the church, just that one lunch. Mm-hmm. So any final word around this? Yeah, this idea? real quickly. So a couple of things publicly. Uh, be careful when you're coming into a church and changing a church that you not throw out everything that's precious to older people, yeah, including good. certain hymns. You know, if, you, if you're changing the worship style and they, don't, they can't follow anymore and they can't sing anymore— and if you're always thinking to yourself, well, I can't sing this because younger people don't like it. Well, sometimes you, you, you know, it, it almost always goes that one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the person that gets disenfranchised are the older members. Mm-hmm. So sing Holy, Holy, Holy. Sing, sing Amazing Grace. Sing yep. uh, Rock of Ages or, or something like that. Yeah, that, that's that good. Not only because these are good, rich hymns that tie you to your church history, but that also let, lets older members know, hey, I care about you. I, I see, I see you, you know, and I, I, I want things yeah, that, that you enjoy singing. Uh, honor them also uh, publicly. This can be more difficult because the younger you are, you tend in your preaching and in your illustrations. So my illustrations went from, you know, newly being a newlywed to to kids in the house to being a grandpa. You know, so now it's. Eating fiber and no, I'm just kidding. But you know, uh, you know, naps but, in the naps yeah. in the afternoon, and, dentures and naps. Right, all, all my illustrations are right. about that. But but you know, to to tie in to say you know, for those of you who are older, you know, for uh, that we talked in the past, Brian, about you know, preaching with children in mind. Well, preach with preach with grandparents in mind. Yeah, preach good. with people in it's mind good. that are losing that are that are losing friends that are getting closer to the end. Talk about heaven. Talk about the world to come. Yeah. Talk about God's grace uh, to older saints and, and to young, because the Bible is full of such things. Yeah. Don't ignore them because it's not your experience. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and I really appreciate you, you saying, like, preach in mind with older in the room, not just younger. Even though you may be able to relate to it personally, yeah. still be mindful of of those kinds of things. Uh, because that those are going to be simple ways to be able to connect with folks. So, Jim, let's go ahead and wrap this. Would you? But you, would you pray for pastors seeking to really want to yeah. love these older folks well? Our Father in heaven, thank you that you have addressed these things in your Word, and you've given us encouragement uh, to love uh, older saints and to respond to them in a way that honors them as one would honor a father and a mother. Our Father, we pray that you would help. Uh, younger pastors to be mindful of their own inexperience and of their own uh, place in life right now, but not to be crippled by it, uh, but help them, Father, by their life, by their love, by their integrity, and by their feeding of the flock to to uh, earn the respect um, rightly of older members. Tether their hearts, Lord, we pray one to another. In your son's name, amen. Amen.